It's Cofield and Company. I'm giving you one more chance, Steve. I can't have you driving down the road in a skyjack drinking beer. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. <laughs> but we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Friday, 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 holiday weekend, 4th of July is coming up. I hope people have uh, a great time on Sunday. I hope you have off on Monday. That would be cool. John Von Tobel is across the way. He's been working all day. He's been working hard for the money. Glad he's here. We're going to talk to the Aviators manager, Fran Reardon, in just a little bit as the Aviators are in the midst of a massive 4th of July weekend series in terms of uh, fun and frivolity. Tonight is fireworks night. Yesterday was $2 beer night. Uh, you know, the restrictions are all lifted over at the LV ballpark. So uh, Jim Gemma, our guy with the Aviators, nice enough to hook us up with the manager of the Aviators. That's coming up in about 30 minutes. Let's do it. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. Let's just read Major League Baseball scores down. Let's do it. Uh, I was just... Uh, Mentioning to you earlier that D. D. Gregorius is off the IL. He had a uh, a home run earlier. Phillies up three nothing. So of course, when you're looking at the numbers, you're like who's pitching for the Phillies today? Aaron Nola. He's their ace, right? He actually hasn't been very good. No, he's he's a lot not. of strikeouts, but he got destroyed again the other night. So who's in? Zach Wheeler, baby. Zach Wheeler, who is having a monster season, Incredible. 207 ERA. He's got eight Ks and six and two-thirds today. So what does that mean for the season? He's got uh, 138 Ks. He's going to be a 220 strikeout guy. And the first thing you think of is like, my Lord, he was such a high-profile guy, and he just could not get healthy. And the Mets were finally like, okay, let's move on. And then he goes to the division rival. Yep. Five years, 118. And maybe now he's going to be a stud here if he stays healthy for the next three years. Yep. And like I was just lamenting as well, you know, the Angels, my team, right, have this history of buying low on guys, especially the tail ends of their careers. Jose Quintana, Matt Harvey, you can go on and on and on with the pitchers they have tried to buy low on. Zach Wheeler, only $23.5 million a year. Let's go. Go get him. That's a 30-year-old that you're buying low on. Yes, there's been health issues, but you always saw the ceiling with him if he was going to be fully healthy for a year. And kudos to the Phillies, man. They're getting him. Because I even asked you. We were watching this. I was like, how did the Phillies get him again? Yeah, just signed him. Free agent. He was available to everybody. Yep. And uh, you mentioned my Yankees, and the Yankees continue to, you know, they went out and and bought Garrett Cole, but they continue to limp in every season with these ragtag bunch of pitchers behind Garrett Cole. So Wheeler was right there under their nose. Good job by the Phillies. Highest paid pitcher for the Angels, Alex Cobb, at $15 million this year. Oh, God. Come on, dude. DeGrom and Wheeler. Mets, Mets, are, Mets are better than I thought they'd be. They're slumping lately. DeGrom and Wheeler. Wow. That would have been nice. Uh, DeGrom, boy, he's been ripped lately. You see his ERA explode to 0.95. You know what's funny? 
Holy cow! So he gets he he gives up three runs in the first yesterday, and I have a, I have a ticket on Brandon Woodruff to win the Cy Young at fifteen to one, and I watch him in the first inning. I'm like, yes, let's go, beat him up, get that two over one. Like, come on! And then he goes and he retires. Uh, how many how many straight batters was it yesterday? Fourteen, whatever it was. He's got fourteen straight. He was incredible yesterday again. Man, I was hoping he would get to- dusted, but he did not. Hey, well, I want to talk to you. We're going to talk a little pitching later on with the Aviators manager and, and what DeGrom is doing. Uh, we had uh, Josh Towers on. I know Josh does stuff with mm-hmm. VSIN and Josh pitched with the Blue Jays and the Orioles. And Josh was saying, like, DeGrom is paving a new path here. He's just simplified pitching so much, and he's super effective. And then you combine it with the fact that, you know, a lot of hitters are going launch angle and trying to hit home runs. It's homer or, or strikeout. I guess there was a, a tweet bet conversation going around. Uh, from one of the sports books, something about you get a hundred swings against the Grom. One of the sports was DraftKings sports books, please. I'm sorry, yeah, DraftKings sports. Uh, sorry, I should honor the employer. DraftKings.com. Not mine, yeah, DraftKings. Uh, you- <laughs> they signed my checks, man. <laughs> Give them the pop. Um, you get a hundred swings against Jacob Degrom, over under one like half that you're making contact. Now here is so. I, uh, that's the thing. So making contact, you can like randomly swing and like if it's just like getting underneath a ball or something like that. Like does that count? Whatever. The issue I had with something like this was the meatheads in the comments. Mm-hmm. Two hits easy, three hits easy. I mean, no, no problem. There was one guy who cited his rec league stats as to why he would get multiple hits off Jacob Degrom, <laughs> which and one of my favorite responses was. There's 10 inches of break on that slider, bro. What if he goes up and in on you at 100 miles an hour? You're going to be terrified. If, if, and that, this is my whole point. was this: If Jacob deGrom is on the mound with the intent of not letting you get a hit, right. you're not getting a hit. You're not making contact. There was a great point. Freddie Freeman yesterday. Four straight sliders. Four, like, and three of them swings and misses. Like, that's, that's a really good Major League Baseball you gotta, player. You got to love rec league guy. Right. And had, the best part is he had an Excel sheet with all of his numbers, and somebody even pointed out, like, bro, in 60 plate appearances, you have one walk. You're swinging at everything. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? You couldn't touch him? Oh, under. Under. Again, like, if I'm just randomly flailing out there, there's a chance that I could, like, just get a foul tip or something like that. Sure. Yeah. But if we're talking about just get it into the infield with some, like, decent contact, no way. No way. I agree with you, though. The scary part is, especially because a lot of the jabronis are going to answer this, haven't played baseball in forever. Uh, and they also inflate what they were when they did play baseball. Right. Uh, I don't think you realize what it's like to stand in there and have it in your head that he could come up and in and back you off at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> and then you're just you're screwed. You'd be terrified. Like, I even saw there was a bunch of people like, oh, I, I bunt it. Be like, you know what it's like to bunt a 100-mile-an-hour fastball? You'd break your hand. How many people would try to bunt and bunt it off their face? Right. Which would be awesome. Because that's the other thing. People just think you just stick the bat out there. Oh, it's a bunt. Like, no. You know, like, you, yeah, right. You get underneath the ball and just, boom, get your face and your jaw destroyed. Stop. You're not as good at sports as you think you are. Number four. Who is Shikari Richardson? Why does she... Well, why is she suspended? I was going to say, why does she like weed? I have no idea. I don't know what went into this test. Um, But right now, she's she's out, right? Yeah, because she smoked weed. and uh, One of the fastest women in the world, and she's out of the Olympics. Yes. 
Uh, excellent time in her event, 10.84. Uh, she's absolutely fantastic. Seems like she would just dominate her events in the Olympics. But she's been suspended for one month after a positive test for marijuana. U.S. Anti-Doping Agency announced that on Friday. And this is like a big thing, right? Everybody's freaking out. It's just marijuana. It's not a performance enhancer. People are in, you know, I see a lot of people like, it's legal in this amount of states. What's going on? This is an Olympic thing, right? The, the world is involved. It's not just an America thing. So that what changes this entire event. But, like, I don't know. Like, I've, I have been fascinated by this for multiple reasons. One, the, like, like, I think it was Jamal Crawford who tweeted something out along the lines of, oh, so we're at the point where we're trying to find every little thing, huh? And it's like, well, no. Like, She's just not allowed to smoke weed, and she did. Huh? And she went on Good Morning America, and she cited some depression, a passing of a family member, and you know had a moment of weakness, all that stuff. And you know, that that is tough. And if you turn to substances to help ail, you know, help with the healing, right? You can't blame somebody. We all have our things that we turn to, right? Mm-hmm. I do it too. But I, I I just find this this discussion fascinating about like it's not I don't know it's not a personal thing, right? It's it's an event. It's rules. The rules should probably change. It's, dumb. it's not should, a performance yeah. enhancing drug. Yeah. Yeah. But like I feel like the conversation. There's so many different conversations that are being had around this. But the proper one is the rule is stupid. Change it. Right. Not so much like let it run. This is great. like no like this should be a conversation about the rules about marijuana and the world growing around the way you perform or the way that it helps. I saw someone point out that uh, back in the late '60s and early '70s. Um, if you, I, I'll say, tested positive for alcohol, you could actually be banned. That seems absurd. Right. Right? So they'll change it eventually. It's going to take a little while. I mean, I hate to be rules or rules guy. Right. Uh, but you know what? I, I guess I'm I guess I'm being challenged here by Juan Emmanuel Acho, I guess. What What was the Socrates of sports yeah. talk talking about with this one? I'm going to preface this by I, saying. I like Acho. I, I, think he's, say- I think he's really smart. But sometimes I'm like. Dude, I think you're trying too hard. And and his star has risen immensely, and for good reason. I am with you. I I, I think he's very smart. I, I like to listen to the stuff that he has to talk about sometimes. But I feel like this is one of those where you're reading your own press clippings, and you're like, man, I'm smart. I got something here that nobody's thinking of. Emmanuel Acho. Legalizing weed in track and field competition is all good if you're running in a straight line. Legalizing weed in track and field competition is terribly dangerous, if you throw the dra- the javelin, where do we draw the line? He's joking, right? He's not. Come on. He, he was he, joking. He followed that up with, uh, let's see. Because <laughs> I saw the, the thread and him going back and forth with people went for a while. Yeah. He's serious. Stop. He's 100% serious. Like, and this is, so this is it. One, that's dumb. <laughs> okay. Let's just get that out there. But I do love the visual. I love the visual. Of a javelin thrower. Like, we're going out there. And not only just, no. How about this? Like, going and taking the, what, rule before my javelin throw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got this. Give me the javelin really quickly. Oh, <laughs> and then, like, tossing, like, they don't go out there and smoke blunts in between throws. Like the re- the reason why she got suspended, like because his his defense was, well, they they said that it was in competition. Yes, there's a timeline of competition in which they test, but it stays in her system. Do you think he took it like actually in competition? <laughs> yes. Well, like while competing, like, right. while, while competing, while competing, <laughs> like right before, right before she's just like hitting it and then going out and like all, all over the track, right? Just meandering. And there's just a, there's a whole bunch of just stoned javelin throwers. <laughs> Number three. Uh oh. So what does this mean? Uh, here we go. Who do we think of immediately? You know the NBA doesn't test anymore for cannabis. Yeah. We've got our Olympic roster together. You know, on a serious note, 
I wonder if Kevin Love, that's not who you're thinking of, are you? I wonder if Kevin Love smokes weed to deal with his issues with depression. I mean, he was pretty depressed when his wife kicked him off that video game. Are we going to have? I should no. He he's very. I've, are I've, we going to have a cannabis pop with the men's Olympic team? I, I'm really curious. They don't test anymore, right? For marijuana, uh, so, they test for something because Jalen Harris. Remember the kid at Reno yeah. who gave a freaking hellacious time to UNLV. Uh, he's banned from the the uh, NBA for a year. Mm-hmm. Wasn't weed. No, no, clearly it wasn't. You can tell by the language and the fact that they just don't test anymore. Uh, but, yeah, like I'm really curious if this is the same thing in terms of testing, right, for NBA players as it is for, you know, a sprinter and a runner uh, because we know that they don't test anymore. And we know that marijuana is becoming more and more popular and that players and athletes like to use it in their downtime to help with healing. Like you said, maybe a guy like Kevin Love helps with, you know, uses it to help his mental health. Are, we, are, like, are all these guys going to be able to play? If they are weed users, and if this is going to be something that is going to pop up as you get into the Olympics, like I, I'm just really fascinated by this because if that's going to be a substance that's not allowed, like how does that with a league who is sending players over who do allow it? Are you fired up about this tournament? I am. I just like basketball, but like I'm 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 pretty so you know, and I remember the year that you know when I was here and we covered it, and Carmelo had that really good run. Olympic basketball is fun. Olympic basketball is cool. It's it's like watching an all-star game to a certain extent, except the guys take it seriously. And you see some really good players. And it is, it is as a basketball fan, like a fan of the NBA, it is neat to see guys who you generally don't see play together, play together and see how they fit together as players and in one single system trying to win a competition. I, I like Olympic basketball a lot. The roster, good. Bam Adebayo, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, uh, Jeremy Grant. Draymond Green. Oh no. Best Drew, def- Drew Holiday. Best defensive team. That's, that's why you're that's why you're all happy because Dr. Dre's there. Uh Zach Levine, Dame Lillard, Love, Middleton, Tatum. That's a really good roster. That's pretty good. Right. Pop Pop is a coach. Yep. Steve Carr, Lloyd Pierce, uh Jay Wright, assistant coaches. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good roster and a pretty good staff. I'll watch when I can, but I still stand by what I said all week that uh if you're an aging player and you've had injuries and you've got a zillion dollar contract. And if you're on the nets, I'll even specify. I I worry about you playing in the Olympics. Coming off of an Achilles injury? Yes. Who could like, that be, though? I mean, like, that's, I worry, that's just a random I worry situation. about that a lot. And I was very strong in my opinion during the week. I'm like, I just don't think the Olympics matter that much. But, you know, um, we had Michael Lee, NBA writer, come on. And, you know, he explained. He's like, hey, you know what? If guys want to play, they want to represent the country, they want to try to win this basketball tournament, win a gold. I mean, your job is to make them happy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't try to freaking turn on them and make them unhappy. Uh, right now, everyone's trying to just manage their roster and keep everything together. Number two. Olympics. Olympics. Joe Kelly's a funny guy. He's a lunatic. You got to tell the story. Joe Kelly somehow got hold of a mariachi jacket, and the uh, jacket turned up today in his visit, or was it yesterday, at the White House. So two days ago, Joe Kelly, there's a, there's a mariachi band at the Dodgers game in the stands, and so Joe Kelly... Um, traded his game jersey for that day for one of the member of the band's jackets. It's a cool story. Made social media rounds. You know, and it's pretty cool because he's in the he's in the dugout. He walks up, gives the guy the jersey for the jacket. Fun. Really like it. Then he shows up today at the White House and he's in the Marriott he's in the Mariachi jacket and he's celebrating with Justin Turner and everybody in terms of the visit. It was awesome. Really cool. But did you see the backlash? No. Was there backlash? 
Because here's my backlash. If I were the, uh, can you say it the right way? Mariachi? Yes. I would not give up my jacket for a Dodgers jersey. Right. I couldn't believe he gave That was a beautiful looking jacket. It was a great looking jacket. Is that the backlash? No. Mexican-American community, like, what are you doing, man? It's just a jersey. That's a beautiful jacket. Cultural appropriation. Oh, they did the cultural appropriation? Joe. Isn't it kind of cultural celebration? How dare you? You're not Mexican. Oh, wait, his mom is Mexican-American. Oh, is she actually? Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. He's actually half Mexican. <laughs> like, well, you, come well, on. You, you get that too, right? Oh, of course. My last name is Von Tobel. People are insanely surprised to find out that I myself am actually have Mexican too. Like, no, nobody really realizes. That's why I put the flair on mariachi. So what happened? Did people fire back on the the folks uh, accusing him of appropriation? Yes. People immediately. There's a. There's actually a story. Just stop, everybody. Well, but here's the it's thing. fun. It's fun. Right. But here's the thing. Like, it's about one Google search. There's a, like there's actually a full profile written on him and his heritage and his mother and how he grew up in that like in that community. It takes one simple search, but everybody wants to get mad. And it's like, how dare you? It's part of his culture. His mother is of that is Mexican American, and he's having fun with it. It's not something to get mad about. Number one. Well, there's a lot of people mad right now about Trevor Bauer. This is a th- really thorny situation, and man, normally I'm really uncomfortable with. Uh, jumping ahead and suspending someone without having all the facts. Like, this is a very dangerous precedent for baseball to set, but Bauer's out. He's on the, uh, whatever the hell it's called, the seven-day list, the whatever, commissioner's exempt list for seven days. There needs to be an investigation, and the allegations here Pretty troubling. and, and the, the records from the uh, hospital examination are so brutal, they got to look into it. And I mean, I can give out all the details, but it sounds like it was, you know, let's let's have sex. Let's get rough to this went overboard. That's her claim. And like violently overboard, like to the point of her having a concussion, fractured skull. Yep. Passing out multiple times during intercourse. Like it was it's pretty crazy. This is one allegation. The first thing I thought of today was when does this go to Sean Watson you think this is the first time? I mean, I, I don't want to smear the guy like, hey, was he experimenting? Is the first time he's ever done this? Like, is there – what's going to happen if a second, a third, a fourth woman come forward? Mm-hmm. Really bad stuff, folks. Like, like too graphic for Sports Talk Radio. I was really surprised with, like, reading everything in terms of the report. <laughs> when, I read it to, when I read it yesterday and today when we got more of the details – Yowza. And here's my thing. So with Major League Baseball, because I, I know like we, we talk about this, like, you know, of course there were the Twitter eggs that were innocent until proven guilty. She's a liar, right? All these things. My thing with baseball is so you mentioned the list that he's on. It's a seven day list. This isn't gonna be done in seven days. No. Nah. So what are you doing in seven days? Right? Like what is your next step? You you have you have acquiesced to the masses and, and you have taken them off of the field for this start. So what happens after seven wow. days when you're in the exact same spot that you were? Yeah, I thought this was this line was interesting. Uh, MLB's investigation of the allegations made against Trevor Bauer ongoing. He's the Dodgers pitcher. He's going to be out for a while now. While no determination of the case has been made, we've made the decision to place him on the seven-day administrative leave effective immediately. MLB continues to collect information in our ongoing investigation concurrent with the Pasadena Police Department's active criminal investigation. So... I think I'll leave it to uh, the Pasadena department. I think I would, too. 
It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Now, back to Cofield and Company. That ball's hit well. Deep to center field. Going back is Marte. It is gone! Off the wall in center field. That was a shot. That is crushed. I mean, absolutely crushed. Second deck home run. It's his second home run of the night. He has 13 solo home runs this year. Traditional Fourth of July weekend song now, right? It's moved into uh, America's consciousness. Team America, America, blank. Yeah, we're actually uh, we're having a little get together. The SO's friends are coming over, so she was uh, she was asking me for suggestions for best songs to put into a, a playlist. This is now the way that. it works at our house is I make suggestions. She uses none of them. Right. And then after, like, I make 35 suggestions, I'm like, you put in one, this doesn't seem to be working. But she already had this one. She likes this one. So. On repeat. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I'm worried about is I don't, I don't like the personal uh, music list where it only goes, like, 32 songs deep. Mm. I think you need 100. So I'm going to try to push it to 100. And also, while she's sleeping tonight, I will grab her phone. And I will sneak all my songs into the playlist, and she won't know what happened. Does she have face lock? You have to like put it over her face while she's sleeping. <laughs> <It's a good laughs> I hadn't thought of that. No, we actually uh, neither one of us is uh, looking through each other's phone. That's maybe that's a sign of uh, naivete mm-hmm. or or trust. Right. I hadn't thought of that. That's right. Yeah, she doesn't go next level with her security. I don't care. My <laughs> phone's easy to get into. It's funny. Like the other day, so like. We got to. We went to go pick up food, and so we ordered the food through my phone. So my wife goes in, um, to the restaurant with my phone to pick up the food, yeah. and we're waiting, we're waiting, and and her phone's just like ringing off the hook. I'm like, who the hell is calling? Oh like, over no, over she needed something, right? So I pick it up, <laughs> and and it's funny because the first thing I see is Lover. I'm like, who? And I'm like, oh wait, that's me. She's got my phone. <laughs> <laughs> you got all suspicious. <laughs> wait, that's my name. Yeah. Oh, oh crap. What was wrong? <laughs> oh, the, the food wasn't ready. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. That is a topic. Uh, this is not a big relationship show. We've got a lot of uh, single fellas who, uh, if they want to sow their wild oats, they're going to... Who? Just Adam. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say, it's just Adam. We actually haven't had that discussion a bunch about the phone security in relationships. I will tell you one that we need to have is uh, old guy conversation about newfangled phones. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been pushed to get a new phone. I don't like the way the phones are set up now. It's very weird. Uh, but I've been pushed to get a new phone, and apparently they don't have the. Uh, a lot of them don't have the earphone plug-in anymore. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. I don't want the earbuds. I don't like the earbuds. Uh, well, I will say. You and can... I use my phone as a microphone sometimes. I, I, I go with a higher, higher quality microphone to record stuff. Mm-hmm. For interviews, like, I uh, no. Well, that's how they get you. They want more of your money. I know they do. It's a new power cord every time. It's new new ways to freaking oh. listen to your stuff. Don't talk about big the power phones. Cord. Yeah. Or is, I guess it would just be big phone. Big power. Like company. big lighting and big chicken and big tobacco. Uh, big 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 charger. 
Big charger. Like, it's so ridiculous. Uh, uh, that, the new charger. How many do you have in your fun. house? How many okay. different plugs were you like, this doesn't fit, doesn't fit, this one's that, that generation's four years ago? I'm like, so many cords. I need a converter to use an Apple product for my Apple product. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. We want all the smoke. Tweet at Steve Goldfield or call 702-364-1100 and let us have it. Going, 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 and gone onto the berm. And Vegas is back to within one run on another home run by Cody Thomas. That's Cody's 12th of the year. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Hey, you got Russ Langer on the call. Uh, hockey update. Poor Montreal. It's like four minutes into the game. They're down 2 nothing in the series. They're down 2 nothing. In the game. I have a question for you. I saw someone the other day uh, lecturing other media people on calling coaches coach. Like they just shouldn't do it. I like calling coaches coach, but I've never thought about this. With a baseball manager, uh, Fran Reardon's on the horn with us. Like what, Fran, how do I address you with a, like the ultimate sign of respect? Uh, just my name. I don't think you know, so. I, think I don't feel good about it. Can I just call you sir? I you a dollar because, you know, a baseball manager is, isn't technically a coach. He's, he's the manager. So I know. I'm going to have to find you a dollar. Okay. What, right. about, what about Mange? Mange. Yeah, Mange. That's, that's, that's innovative. I like that. Would you get pissed if we just used coach? Because you're kind of a coach. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm kind of definitely a coach. So yeah. I, I really never minded it. It's just one of those those unwritten baseball rules that oh, no. really I don't, I don't oh, understand. No. Let's not do the unwritten baseball rules. Let's not do those. Yeah. Everyone's going to get all no, fired I'm up. No, into that. Too long. So, uh, so what's going on with you right now? Obviously, you're getting ready for a game tonight. You got the you're in the midst of a, a series here that's going to go through next week. Uh, how's the season going so far? You know, it's 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 going it's going well. It's been up and down in the win loss column. We're hovering around 500, just kind of uh, waiting in the wings to make our move. Um, it, it's it's been uh, interesting getting back to, to playing in front of fans, getting getting back to. You know, coming to work at, a, at this beautiful ballpark that we're fortunate enough to call home, and it's just been a, a great experience so far. After not having a season in 2020, and the, the guys just appreciate the support we've been given and the, the local community. And you know, we got a, a great home stand this this uh, the next five days, and looking forward to putting on a show for the fans. Well, let's go back and, and let's talk about not having a season. That's bizarro world but for baseball players especially guys on their way up you know what was what was that like trying to come back and how much activity did the average triple a guy actually get last year in terms of being able to compete a little bit well that's a loaded question um there's three there's three things that could have happened they could have been in the big leagues last year um they could have been at an alternate site with either us or whatever team that they were signed with at the time or they could have been home sitting on the couch, hopefully staying sharp and doing whatever they could to, to be ready for a season in 2021. So it, it was completely player-dependent, and um, I, I was a part of the, the alt site in both San Jose in 2020 and then Stockton this year, and we have a lot of guys on our roster that were at those alt sites. So, you know, based on, based on that, it just depends on where the player was and uh, – that really dictated his readiness coming into spring training this year. What were the alt sites like? They were wild. Uh, we were in San Jose for two and a half months, and there were some some crazy things that, that went on there with wildfires and oh, yeah. 
you know, the, the COVID protocols and the testing and uh, the, the fact that we, we couldn't go anywhere to play other teams. We were basically just uh, playing against each other every day, and, and that gets a little bit old. You know, as, as a manager, as a coaching staff, you try to do things to keep things fresh and keep things fun for the guys. So, you know, we, we play hard in the morning, and we, we get our work in in the morning, be finished by, by one or two, and then yeah, we had a lot of golfers there, and we'd, we'd go play golf in San Jose because that was the only real entertainment that we were allowed to do with all of the strict COVID protocols. So it was fun. It was a once-in-a-lifetime experience and uh, something that I didn't think I'd have to experience again until there was an all site in 2021 in Stockton. And that was a little bit better because we, we got to play the, the Sacramento team. We got the bus up there about 45 minutes and played 15 or 16 games in the course of a month. So that went by a little bit quicker, and that was a little bit more competitive just because we weren't facing guys with the same uniform every day. So one of the things that has always fascinated me about a role like yours, especially in the minor leagues, right, is, you know, in the majors as a manager, your goal is to win. For you, it's winning and player development, right? Like, what is that balance like as a manager, balancing wanting the need to win some of these games, but also making sure that these guys are developing as baseball players so they can move up to the next level? You know, I think it's a balance. You have to try to do both. Um, my, my main priority is making sure guys are ready to, to go and produce at the major league level. Um, and that's the number one priority. It always will be. And I think we have a pretty good track record the last few years, getting guys ready to go and perform and produce at the big league level. But, you know, everybody that plays this game, everybody that coaches is a competitor and we want to win. Every time we step on the field, we want, we want to win and we expect to win. And I, I think that you can accomplish both. And if you have the right group and you have the right mentality, then not only are you going to be prepared as a player to go produce at the big league level, but you're going to be a winning player. And that's what, that's what we talk about a lot. And that's what I think is important at this level, not only going up and being able to produce, but doing the little things on a consistent basis to, to prove that you're a winning player at the major league level. So in terms of player evaluation, what has it been like for you when it's with your pitching staff? Because this has been a ballpark that has been, uh, there's been some high-scoring affairs at home for some of these games. I think you guys had like, what, a 21-16 a to 16 game last month. Uh, so from that perspective, evaluating pitchers and how the ballpark plays, what's that been like from your perspective? Well, we had a lot of games like that in 2019 as yeah. well. It's no secret that this isn't the easiest place to pitch, and it's not the easiest league to pitch in. You know, most of the, the cities in the, Triple A West are cities of high elevation: Salt Lake, Albuquerque, Las Vegas. Uh, thin air, hot weather, and all of those things lead to the ball carrying further than it does, say, in the Midwest or the South or the, the East. So uh, we, we constantly are just telling the guys, "Hey, guys, a good pitch is still a good pitch. A quality strike is still a quality strike, and you, you can't be afraid to throw the ball over the plate because." If you're putting guys on base for free and you're falling behind, that's when you really get hurt. But it's sometimes it's a tough sell when uh, you know guys are giving up home runs that, that wouldn't be home runs in other parks and other situations. So they just have to be mentally tough and they have to be able to, to flush bad innings or bad outings and get back on the bump and, and attack hitters. And that's what we're talking about every day with these guys. He's the manager of our aviators. Got a series that goes all the way through Tuesday against Sacramento. Game tonight is a fireworks night. That's a 7.05 first pitch. So we appreciate Fran Reardon being in uh, with Cofield and company. I'm going to go back to the the uh, you know the light year one more time. 
Coming back, could you see? It's probably just you know uh, individual basis, but could you see if it hurt the pitchers or the hitters more not having a full year of baseball? You know that's a, that's a great question, and again, I think it's one hundred percent player dependent. You know, a lot of guys really got after it. If they weren't invited to an outside or weren't playing in the big leagues last year, you can tell they came in great shape. And you know, in a lot of cases, you seen that you saw an uptick in velocity because pitchers had a full year of rest other than you know, uh, weight training and, and throwing sides and throwing bullpens. Um, you know, other guys, you can see the rustiness a little bit. And with the hitters, it was the same thing. And guys talk about it all the time. It's a, it's a very popular topic of conversation, you know, getting back into the timing of things, the routine of things, um, what you're looking for as a hitter in certain situations and, and being able to get that rhythm and tempo back, not an easy thing as a hitter when you're facing elite pitching. And, you know, this is the highest level of the minor leagues, step below the big leagues. And anyone that's playing in this league, they're, they're elite players. So it, I, I think it's, again, player-dependent and how they performed, how they, they prepared for this season. And you see mixed results, for sure. You've got uh, Jesus Lardo right now, and he's one of the you know he's one of the gems of the the, the franchise, the organization. Certainly going to be depended upon to be a building block for years to come. So where is he right now in terms of getting back to being right? I think he's in a really good spot. You know, this will be his uh, his third start since he he got optioned to Las Vegas, and basically just working on on his tempo on his delivery, and those things will equate to fastball command, which is where he struggled in the big leagues and. That's where we're, we're trying to get him. Our pitching coach, Rick Rodriguez, is doing a fantastic job with him, trying to just get his tempo, his delivery, and his rhythm consistent and not having him try to do too much because everybody knows he has electric stuff. He's going to fastball it. It's consistently in the high 90s, and a plus, plus slider, plus change, plus curveball. He just has to be able to learn how to pitch more effectively with those four pitches and with his consistency and his delivery. And I think if uh, if he continues on the track that he's on now, you know, a few more outings, and he's probably going to be be ready to go back up and help the big league team. We had a former major league pitcher, Josh Towers, on early in the week, and and Josh was we were talking about Jacob Degrom, and just to apply, you know, the whole stuff thing. Degrom stuff is ridiculous. He was a Las Vegas guy at one point as well with the fifty ones, and Josh Towers is saying he like Degrom's really kind of just simplified things. Like I don't know that you get to watch Jake Degrom or major league pitchers a lot, but. From what you know, like what has Degrom? What level has he reached where he's he's this good? Where you know we're talking about him giving up runs the other day and his ERA exploded to zero point nine five. Oh, it ballooned, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a guy that that our pitchers are constantly talking about, and a guy that he's got elite stuff, obviously, but he's an elite pitcher, and his his pitchability is off the charts because he puts the ball where he wants to put it. So you have a guy that has elite stuff, elite fastball, elite breaking ball, change-up, cutter, and he puts it where he wants to put it, it, it almost becomes a, an unfair advantage. And not only is he overpowering with stuff, but he's outthinking and outcommanding hitters because he's very intelligent and knows exactly what he wants to do. And when you have that combination, you're going to have a consistent Cy Young candidate on your hands, which is obviously what Jacob DeGrom is.
Get out to watch the Aviators this weekend. you got games uh, tonight, fireworks night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Tickets are available even for tonight uh, in different spots. And Fran Reardon, the manager of the Aviators, is with us. Last, last couple of things. Uh, the other big topic in baseball, you guys aren't dealing with the sticky stuff nonsense in the minors, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah, are? You watch our games, our, our starting pitchers. The, oh, the, boy. The home starting pitcher, the bullpen guys, they get checked four or five times a game. All right. And – they're they're making a serious push. It's it's at every level. Okay, where they're so, checking for sticky stuff, and they're really trying to to eliminate that from the game. And um, so, as a manager, friend, let me break in for a second. Back and forth. Yeah, I was going to say, as a manager, uh, we've seen you know people get really pissed off at some of the major league managers for checking guys multiple times. You're in a weird position here because you, yes, you're, you're one, you're trying to compete, but two, you got to balance like your you know the relationship with your hitters and your pitchers, and like how do you decide? You know, when to challenge, what's too much, when you start to make a joke of the whole freaking thing. Well, and, and that's, that's exactly what's happening right now. They've taken it out of our hands. Uh, you know, you're, I assume you're talking about the Joe Girardi and the Max Scherzer dust-up that happened in the big leagues. Correct. But the umpire's responsibility is to check the guys. Right. And it's the umpire's responsibility to, to make sure that they're not using any of the, the spider tack or any of the other, other banned sticky substances. So... I can tell you right now that because they're so serious about it, none of our pitchers are using the sticky stuff anymore, right. and none of the pitchers from the opposition are using it because no one's been no one's been caught. Just in my in my sample size, there's been a few guys caught in other in other leagues in the minor leagues, but I haven't seen it happen yet. So there's no reason for me to make a stink about it when it's completely in the umpire's hands to make those decisions and make those checks whenever they're required. I saw that uh, Cody Thomas just got an award as the uh, you know Triple A West. Uh, what was it? Hitter of the the month, and we played a home run from him coming back. I'm not saying he would do this, but I'm just trying to paint the picture. If he hits a home run off of somebody and he's coming back to the dugout like Josh Donaldson, and he's like, "No sticky stuff, no sticky stuff." He's like mocking on the pitcher. That's another one as a manager. I'm like, I I want to support my players, and I like maybe I don't mind some trash talk, but I thought that was another one of those cases. Like, we got to calm down on this, don't we? Yeah, I, I mean, different personalities are going to do different things in the in the big leagues, in the minor leagues. It's just part of part of baseball. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know eclectic personalities throughout the game, and that's what makes it great. You have people with different backgrounds and different upbringings, and you know different personalities, and it's it's fantastic. But people are going to say things in the heat of the battle, and people are going to do things in the heat of the battle that may ruffle some feathers. But at the end of the day. Uh, you know, all I can worry about is the, the 28 guys that I have on my roster and, and make sure they're doing the right things to prepare themselves for the big leagues. Friend, that was a great spot. We know you're very busy. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Have a good one, guys. You too. There he is. Mange. Coach. Mange, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say it again. Friend, Mange. Um, I love baseball, and I like playing baseball. I like playing softball, and I was super competitive. I 100% would do what Josh Donaldson was doing. But I also 100% would do what Giolito did after the game and basically tell the hitter who's doing that to me, come and see me next time when you want to do that. The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at 1030. It's the DC and the Sunshine Man podcast with Dave Koken. Watch at Steve Cofield on Twitter or on YouTube. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Good spot there. 
Brent Reardon, manager of the Aviators. Yeah, they got a series all the way through Tuesday, full capacity now. And I was looking earlier for tickets. Uh, there are tickets smattered all over the park. Just about sold out, but you can get a pair of tickets uh, real close to the field. There's a lot of tickets uh, left on the berm. And it is fireworks night. And uh, really interesting what the Aviators will combine it with the A's have done. A's are having another good season. And, man, they have good young pitching. Uh, Caprellian, who came over from the Yankees. Yeah. He's been dynamite. If Lazardo can actually realize, you know, get to that level that he should be at, they are a real contender. It's amazing how they continue to compete. Now, you and I were just talking on the break. The best team in the American League, there is no question. New York Yankees? Oh. No. And it's not the Red Sox, and it's not the Rays. Toronto Blue. And it's not the White Sox because LaRusse is going to hold them back. Yes, I said it. And they've, they've been very average lately. It's a team that everyone loves to hate. The Astros, because the Astros are one of the best organizations in all of baseball. And you said something brilliant about it's almost like it's like it's like bonds. It's like Barry Bonds and steroids, right? So freaking awesome. You look back, you're like, dude, you didn't have to do it. And with the Astros, yep. you didn't have to do it. Look at what's happening now. Maybe they found a new way to cheat. I don't know. Their lineup is ridiculous. And then they're pitching, like young pitching coming through the organization to come up with McCullers and Granky. Luis Garcia. Like, that's the thing. So is, good. Frommer of all that is, like, they, that has always impressed me about Houston is the ability to identify young pitchers that are going to develop into arms that they are going to be able to use in their starting rotation. Six nothing right now, top of the fifth at, at Cleveland. McCullers, uh, solid. Um, seven base runners and in four innings, but you know, he's back. He looks like he's healthy. They're awesome. Got him in six to one to win the American League, baby. Let's go. Little Jose Altuve just stole his fourth base. Not a run, not a base dealer anymore, but pretty solid at the top of the lineup. 287, 18, and 47. Okay. <laughs> it's so nuts. It, it is, man. And they're like you said, they're really good. There was really no need potentially to cheat the way that they did. But here they are again. They make the run of the postseason they did last year. Right now, they look like they're the best team in the American League, and they have consistently been good. I think right now, yeah, they lead the American League in run differential. They actually lead Major League Baseball in run differential. They're incredible, dude. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Stanley Cup final game number three. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Canadians down 2 nothing in the series. Went down 2 nothing within four minutes in the game. Finally, Montreal scored, so getting some life back in them with uh, eight minutes left in the first. I've been trying to watch. I know it's hard. Yeah, while we're doing a show. Did you uh, did you bet this series at all? Uh, no, didn't get involved. I did. I, you know, I, I know I came on the day that the series started. I think it's kind of clear that the Montreal Canadiens were such big underdogs for reasons throughout the postseason, and there was a little bit of value there on Tampa Bay to win this series. You said it. Yeah, when it was two eighty, you're like there there can be value in a two eighty price. In a two eighty price, no doubt. My God. Did the PGA lose another golfer from a tournament? My guy. Mats. Because of COVID? Hideki Matsuyama. Positive test. What a bummer. Just... But again, don't don't jump to conclusions. Everybody jumped on John Rom. Turned out he was between doses. So it's happened a lot. Hey, yeah. the the charm is back. The uh, I was gonna say the manager, <laughs> the coach of the Canadians, and he was he was in between. Also, I mean, I know somebody that got fully vaccinated and has it right now. 
For John Von Tobel, Ari, Cofield, have a great 4th of July weekend. We're actually back on Tuesday, so party it up, be safe. Don't light up your uh, neighbor's house or car with a firework, please. <laughs>